This is Listen Up, Home Buyers, the only podcast offering home buying advice and tips from true buyer agents. And now, here's your host, Victoria Ray Henderson. I'm happy to have our next guest with us for Listen Up, Home Buyers. He is the former president of the National Association of Exclusive Buyer Agents and the owner of Home Buyer Representation Inc. in Salt Lake City. Welcome, Ben Clark. Thank you. Ben, I'm so glad you could be here. I want to hear how things work for Exclusive Buyer Agency in the Salt Lake City area. It's January 2020. What's the market like in Salt Lake City? The market in Salt Lake City is still hot. You would expect, uh, we did actually have a little bit of a slowdown at the beginning of winter, but it started to heat up again already. We're here in January and we've got clients who are competing with multiple offers on some properties and inventories uh, at a a low, especially for existing homes. Building is going crazy. A lot of people are moving to Salt Lake and they're not able to build homes fast enough for the number of households that are being created locally and for, again, those that are in migrating into the state. You know, I'm looking at a map as I'm talking to you and I just, it's just so incredibly beautiful. You have uh, the Great Salt Lake. Obviously, you've got these incredible mountains everywhere. Besides the great outdoors, you know, what's bringing people to Salt Lake City? So jobs is one of the things. Our economy is one of the best in the country and it's attracting a lot of the the businesses and the the young entrepreneurs and the tech industry. And you've got a lot of people who like to move out here because there are good jobs. And uh, there's also a lot of, like you said, the outdoor lifestyle. Now, uh, just so nobody misunderstands, the Salt Lake is not uh, (laughs) beachfront like you would imagine others, but we do have other lakes around Utah Lake. uh, And we've got a number of reservoirs and uh, places to go skiing and fishing and, uh, you know, some man-made lakes where you can take out your canoes and, and things like that. So. Yeah. So that beautiful body of water is not a place where a lot of people hang out. <laughs> <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Right. So, you know, Ben, talk to me a little bit about, um, you know, with the market the way it is, talk to me a little bit about first how you protect home buyers in the kind of market that you're in right now. And we're, frankly, we're experiencing the same thing in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just incredibly busy and very competitive. But how you protect, but also the steps that you go through when you sit down with somebody the first time that, you know, they come across your, your, your uh, brokerage. What's it like to work with you? Okay. Well, our business model is unique in that it's geared around helping a buyer specifically have the best transaction and get the best results. And so one of the first steps that we can do for our clients is help them understand the current state of the market. It's not always a a hot seller's market and uh, help them understand what the current state of the market is, help them understand about how many offers they might need to make on a home before they get a contract so that they're comfortable with how that's going, help them understand uh, what the actual inventory status is. And uh, we mentioned that there is what appears to be, and there actually is, inventory is low, but it's not quite as low as what the active homes on the market are. If you look back at homes that have been on the market in the last two months that are under contract or sold, there's quite a few more typically that fit a client's criteria. And so helping them understand 
what's actually going on and not just what they hear from friends and other agents yeah. and, and what's in the news and such. Could you talk to me a little bit more about what you just said? So, so not just what's on the market, but what's been happening a month or two before. Flesh uh-huh. that out a little bit for me. So if I sit down with a client and we put in their criteria and it turns out that there's only, you know, six or eight homes that fit their criteria, we want to find out, are there only six or eight homes or, um, if in the last two months there have been 40 other homes that fit their criteria, we can feel more comfortable that more stuff is coming. Mm-hmm. If, if there's only six or eight on the market and there's only eight or 12 total in the last couple months, we know that it's, there's not much more likely to be coming mm-hmm. on. And so uh, we just, it helps them understand whether or not they should be nervous about the, um, the quantity of what's currently available today, or if they can feel comfortable knowing that, gee, there's not a lot at this exact time, but there will be more that's constantly coming on the market that fits their criteria. So when, you know, when you're talking about criteria, one of the things that happens with, with a lot of buyers who have not purchased homes in the Washington DC area is they will come here and say, I, I need a two car garage. Mm-hmm. And if you are anywhere close to Washington DC, you are paying a premium if you can find one at all. Mm-hmm. It just, it isn't, it isn't a, a real common thing closer in to the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, having said that you can find buildings and condo buildings and so forth that will have a garage. But, you know, that's one of the first things that we try to work with if they have to shape and change their criteria. What Uh are some of the things that might be tossed out if somebody isn't finding what they're looking for in Salt Lake? So primarily, the reason that we end up with very few homes is, number one, their criteria may be not matching with reality. They may want something (laughs) in a price range that, that that type of home just doesn't fit or they may want new construction in an area that was all built out 50 years ago, you know, so, Mm. so we just need to unrealistic. Yeah. Yeah. We need to find out if they're unrealistic. If it's not that, um, but we're still just, there's just not very much on the market. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, a lot of people who own, especially existing homes are happy to stay put right now. They're, they got in when interest rates were low, appreciation is on the rise and they're not interested in moving. They're just going to sit there. So you don't have a lot of inventory for existing homes. And so um, if that's the case, it's just a matter of can we wait long enough based on how often homes are coming on the market or would we consider changing some things? And this is, I think, what you were alluding to. You may change the price range, but that's obviously not what we right. want to do if, if we're already kind of set with that. Sure. Uh, but we could change, you know, the number of bedrooms or bathrooms. A lot of homes in Utah have basements and whether you may have a client that wants a four bedroom home, but they can get into a three bedroom, two bath home with an unfinished basement where they could finish you know, mm-hmm. the space in the basement gotcha. or yeah. um, lot size, you know, is something we can play around with. You know, a lot of the newer construction are, uh, or at least, you know, in the last 10 or 15 years have been larger homes, but on smaller lots. And a lot of the newer home buyers or homeowners don't necessarily need a quarter acre anymore, or, you know, a third acre. They're happy to, uh, if they're both working to have a home where they've got space for a pet to run around and kids to play ball, but it doesn't have to be Mm-hmm. huge, you know, right, right, right. Um, other, you know, square footage, we can play around with the size of the home, anything that's got some sort of a, a quantitative figure gotcha. attached to it, we can, right. we can 
expand and contract those. You know, we have programs in Baltimore and in Washington, D.C. for first-time homebuyers, different kinds of programs that will encourage people to either live in the city uh, or they'll give them, you know, if they take a class, they can, they can um, you know, maybe not put so much down on a home. Do you have programs like that in Salt Lake? We do. What we run into a lot here is a lot of our clients do have uh, decent incomes. And so because the median house price in Salt Lake County right now is 381000 the income limitations on a lot of the first-time buyer programs essentially yeah. makes the they can't buy anything. Right, right. No, <laughs> you I know, you. if they can afford to buy a $300,000 home, they make too much to qualify for the first-time buyer program. So Interesting. Okay. I don't know if that's going to correct itself over time, but right now, uh, even some homes are listed by these community development, you know, redevelopment um, nonprofits, and they put them on the market. And th- they're putting them on the market at a price where if you qualify to buy it, you can't really get in. The one exception to that is the larger your family size. So if you've got a, a couple with you know five or six kids, then their income can be higher. And so they may be able to squeeze into some of those properties if they've got a larger family size. But yeah, if you're a, a first-time buyer and it's a you know a, an individual or you know a couple and they don't have children or don't have very many children most likely they make more than they would need in order to qualify for the assistance. So, so, so if, I, if I'm coming to you and I have never purchased a home or I haven't purchased one in you know, 15, 20 years, what's the first thing that I need to know when I'm sitting down to make that purchase and, and to start this, the home search? Yeah. So the the most important thing that I believe in is representation. That's our business model is to make sure that the client's represented. And I think that buyers need to understand that if they're going to go out and start going into model homes with builders, or if they're going into open houses, or if they're looking at homes that are listed, that uh, if they care about being represented and about getting the best outcome, then they should really be focused more on trying to find a good buyer's agent to represent them. And preferably, like you said, an exclusive buyer agent who would always have their best interests in mind. I remember when I was very much of a rookie um, buying my first house. And I, you know, I guess I just didn't even understand representation. I didn't understand that there was a selling side and, and there was a listing side. And, you know, um, for people that come to you that kind of raw, there's a bigger learning curve for that kind of a buyer. Uh, there is, just because they don't know what they don't know. That's Pri- exactly right, yeah. Primarily, the clients who find me, and, and we have a lot of them, are, are very well, um, uh, they're savvy. You know, yeah. they're professionals, they're doctors, they're pilots, even I help attorneys and research scientists, people in the tech industry, professors, um, computer programmers. I mean, I help anybody across the board. I've got school teachers and diesel mechanics and, uh, you know, people who work in nonprofit industries. But essentially, most of the clients who find exclusive buyer agency are, are savvy people who do research and they can do that, you know, on Google and, and what have you. They listening to podcasts such as yours. And uh, when they're exposed to the idea, it makes sense. You know, you're yeah. going to have a better experience and a better outcome with somebody who is on your side and is giving you factual information and and can help you understand the process that you're about to go through, even if you've already done it before, uh, you know, without representation or uh, 
by working through the builder's agent or a seller's agent, uh, you're going to have a better outcome with somebody on your side looking out for you. Yeah, that's for sure. When you are uh, going through the home inspection, what are what are some of the common things that you see that are coming up in houses in the Salt Lake City area? Yeah, so every house has some deferred maintenance. I mean, it's kind of funny. We chuckle about it. I mean, I, it, the things that come up on most home inspections that are minor are, are primarily cosmetic, but sometimes they're important. You know, I see a lot of trim around doors here because we're, we get the summer and the winter and the freeze and the thaw, and you got a lot of peeling paint around doorways. You've got uh, sometimes uh, in the older homes, you've got inferior roofing systems where, uh, you know, they're missing some shingles or they, the flashings weren't done correctly. That also occurs with stucco. Uh, when it first came to Utah, it wasn't necessarily installed correctly. That's we right, get a lot yeah. of the window seals that, that are, uh, you know, have caught, have failed over the years and, right. um, energy efficiency issues, you know, it's across the board. Home inspections sure. will find plumbing, electrical, you know, all kinds of inferior systems, incorrectly installed systems and things, you know, homeowner do-it-yourself fixes that are improper <laughs> and unsafe a lot of the time. Those are so, always interesting to come across, you know, mm-hmm. when, when the hairy homeowner who, hey, it's always worked for me and you get in there and it's a fire hazard you know? <laughs> yeah. and they're lucky it hasn't burned down. Are termites a big issue? Where so you are? not typically, they can be, they, they do exist in Utah, but because of our winter, for the most part, uh, they're actually in a little bit higher in the foothills where you've got a lot of exterior wood and um, need pine needles and uh, you know stacks of firewood from you know in some of the older homes and just ground cover and leaves and you know places where they can remain warm in the winter down in the valley not so much but we do our home inspectors typically look for signs of termites mm-hmm. and I have seen them come up on a, a number of homes but pretty rare in Utah actually to have a termite infestation or a problem they uh, even homes where they have existed they they're pretty migratory in Utah so uh, you know they'll come in they'll do some stuff and yeah. and move on but right, uh, right. Certainly, you want to get it taken care of if it's caused any sort of structural damage or if oh, there's for any sure. What What are some of the the bigger uh, critters that would cause problems? Uh, you know, I guess not just in the city, but in the outer communities and suburbs of Salt Lake. I mean, it looks like you could really have some wildlife. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, you come across deer and and things and a lot of people like that. So you come across deer in neighborhoods, you come across sometimes even cougars and mountain lions and things like that. There are, um, shoot, I'm trying to think of uh, rats, you know, by by Hogel Zoo. There's some communities where when they spray for other types of pests, the the rats go running through the neighborhood and it's kind of like a once a year thing and it's people laugh about it and make fun of it. And running with the rats like that's right. Holes. That's right. So we we talked to some neighbors and they said, hey, this is what happens. And if you're really concerned, get get a cat. But everyone just kind of laughs it off. But yeah, I mean for the most part, pests issues with pests, you know, you may it's pretty rare to see issues um, with pests like uh, but I have seen mice I have seen uh, bees you know I've seen chimneys or attics full of bees and things like that but for the most part we're a pretty dry arid community and so we don't see a lot of mold issues unless you have a constant source of water Um, it's a pretty nice place to live as far as that The, the biggest issues that we see with inspections are primarily, like you said, either incorrectly done the first time or incorrectly done the second time by a homeowner or just deferred maintenance, things that should be kept up on a regular basis that have been just ignored completely. 
Yeah, yeah. And when you had mentioned that you serve a lot of different kinds of buyers, you know, what is bringing people to Salt Lake City, you know, people who are not from that area, what's bringing them there to, to work and to live? Yeah, so a lot of people who relocate to the state are coming for jobs. You know, we've got the the tech industry and the hospitals and the universities and uh, the aerospace and the airlines. And there's a lot of opportunities uh, in the military, transportation, uh, and I mean, um, like shipping and warehousing and things like that. We're kind of in the center of the West. Right. And so a lot of that brings people out here. You also have a lot of people who, who came to school here and find jobs here. A lot of uh, startup companies that come from college uh, graduates here. You have, I mean, it's across the board. A lot of people relocate here to be closer to family. A lot of people relocate here for the the summer summer and winter mountain sports and the outdoors it's, we you know we get all four seasons it it's an attractive place to live yeah it it really it's it's beautiful i mean there's no doubt about it talking about working with your home buyers can you walk me through the process i've i've come into your office i've got 20% to put down uh, on a home what's next well everything again that we do is going to be what's in the buyer's best interest so we're going to educate you about the current condition of the market we're going to find out what you're looking for we're going to sit down together and look at at homes on the multiple listing service and, and see, again, tweaking that search criteria, potentially if you're relocating to the area, discussing other areas that might get you more bang for your buck or might be closer to your work or, you know, discussing all the pros and cons of, of your home search. Once we get that together, we're going to have that go out to you as immediately when homes get listed, uh, we can now notify you by email and you can look at those and save favorites and rank them and and make notes to us and ask us questions that we can respond to. Uh, when we get a list of homes together, we'll go out on a regular basis. I like to show clients a lot of homes. I like to get them with their feet on the ground, in the door, looking at the, the types of homes they can buy. I feel like it prepares them better to make a good decision when, when the home that they want to buy comes up. They've seen a lot of comparably priced yeah. homes and what they know that it's a good deal because they've they've experienced firsthand being in the other the other options that are available to them. What's the uh, what's the highest number of people or rather uh, houses that you've seen on a tour? <laughs> so <laughs> I believe I've shown twenty eight homes in <gasps> one day. No, uh, you've got me beat. I thought yeah. I was going to beat you. I did sixteen. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Ben! I don't want to encourage buyers to come to me thinking, "Hey, I'll show them twenty-eight homes in a day." It's it's client specific. You know, if you're local, we'll get out and we'll see. You know, uh, if your if your geographic area is tight, we can typically see four or five homes in an hour. Uh, that was kind of the next phase. Once you've uh, instead of. Uh, me previewing homes, I like to kind of bring the client along to, to what they would normally call previewing homes. I call it speed dating. We're just, <laughs> we're, we're just kind of going in the house. Does it fit? Does it not? Right. Uh, moving on to the next one. I, I feel like uh, then I overlap the appointments in such a way so that if we keep moving quickly, everything's fine. If we find a house that we really want to spend some more time on, it doesn't throw us off schedule. No, um, that's great. Wow. And, 28. Uh, I'm still, I'm still kind of getting my head wrapped around that. That is crazy. So I guess you're kind of taking notes and because at that point, everything is starting to run together if you don't take notes. So I, again, I have to prepare the, the, the biggest key is to prepare people. So if they come right. to town and they're going to be, you know, if they've got a notebook of four pages of notes and check boxes for every house, 
that's fine, but we're probably going to need to see fewer homes. So I explain to them the different ways to do it and I let them choose. Most people like the speed dating method. So again, we're not trying to find the home that day. It's just that they only have a short time. They may be flying in on Saturday morning, they're leaving Saturday night and they're buying a home. And so we're going to do whatever's in their best interest. So the purpose of showing a lot of homes in a small time period isn't to necessarily find the one, but a lot of times that's kind of the first step is let's try and narrow down what the criteria, are we on the right track? And we're right. going in and we're just throwing stuff away. We're not taking notes on stuff we wouldn't buy. Right. If we, if it's something we'd consider and you run into both types of clients, you run into clients who would buy anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. just, they're just easy to please. And then you run into clients where, uh, you, you know, you may show them 20 homes and, and they don't like any of it. And then you have to reevaluate your criteria. So in both ways. So on the one hand, you may be telling clients, hey, let's kind of tighten this down so you're getting a better home for your money so that because you'd buy anything, let's try and get you the best home possible. And on the other hand, it's like, you don't like anything. What can we do? Can we move yeah. location? Can we move right. size? Those things that we talked about. Before. Right, right. I, you know, it's funny because I, I've, I've had the same experience. I have, um, we have a lot of military clients coming in, of course, in this area, mm-hmm. the Pentagon and, and, you know, all the military bases. Um, we've helped people find a home in a weekend. And mm-hmm. because it's my husband and I, um, sometimes if we're downtown, he'll just drive us up like a driver to the front of the building. We run up, we run down. We go up to Mexcott, <laughs> run up, run down. Don't worry about parking, you know. And 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 that is a really effective and quick way to see things. But we do take notes because I tend to forget. Was that the blue bathroom or was that the pink bathroom we, on twentieth? We create you know? nicknames for the houses. <laughs> That's great. You talked about a lot of construction coming up in the Salt Lake City area. Is there a lot of new construction, and how do you guide your clients through that? There is a lot of new construction. One of the important things people need to know if they're considering new construction uh, is that the agent that works for the builder works for the builder. And so you really want to make sure that if you're purchasing from a builder that you have somebody on your side who's working for you. There's a lot of intricacies in a new construction process. Uh, You want to make sure that you're getting the proper inspections. You want to make sure that anything that their agent says is included uh, is included in the paperwork, you know, always get it in writing. Uh, If it's not in writing their contracts, they typically all use different contracts. So it's nice to have somebody who's familiar with those uh, reviewing them on your behalf and and kind of making you aware of what you should be aware of or what you might be want to be made aware of. A lot of new construction communities have HOAs. And so you'll want to consider all the factors that are involved with an HOA And then again, just to be with you throughout that construction process to make sure that they're building the home the way you want them to and a way they're contractually obligated to and taking your side if if they're not doing something right to to help make sure that the builder completes what they've uh, said they would do in a timely fashion. Kind of holding their feet to the fire, you know, through the process. Yeah. In a nice way. (laughs) I'm in a neighborhood of new construction and a lot of my neighbors who didn't use agents, you know, it's been over a year and they still have issues that the builder hasn't completed because it's a newer builder in town and they're onto their next subdivision. And they're, Mm -hmm. you know, unfortunately with with in those situations, if you bought new construction and you didn't have an, a- an agent, you really kind of really need to be a squeaky wheel. Um, whereas if you have representation, your agent can go to bat. And I think uh, my experience is that if you have an agent, uh, 
you're going to get things taken care of better than if you're just kind of on your own. Yeah, you have an advocate. That's for yeah. sure. Um, real quickly, I I just wanted to mention that with with what you were talking about reminds me of procuring cause, and that mm-hmm. is something that I think every everybody across the country needs to know about. Can you just real quickly define what that is? Yeah, so procuring cause is essentially uh, an outdated scenario or arrangement within the real estate community back from the day when all agents represented the seller only. So it essentially was a way to determine which agent was owed the buyer agent or the the half of the commission. There wasn't right. a buyer agent at the time. Right. But exactly. Which, and it was essentially determined by which agent took the client to and through the home. Uh, There's a little more to it than that, but essentially it was whichever agent first brought the client through the home. So when you're looking at new construction, a lot of builders will not pay a buyer's agent to represent you, or if you want to have representation, they will not pay another agent if you've been through their model home without your agent with you. That's exactly um, right. And that actually is true as well for some open houses. Uh, if they if they can prove that they brought you in and mm-hmm. you turn around and go back to your agent and say, oh, I, I'd like to write a contract on that. Um, if it, there, That can be a sticky point for what they can claim to have procuring cause. And I say this because it happened, unfortunately, to a, an office mate of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's an old one, but it's one that can catch people up. If you value having representation, professional representation on your side in the real estate transaction, you'll want to hire an agent and you'll want to make sure that either they're with you when you go through those model homes or that they've at least communicated to the builders that you are their client. I actually have a little card that they can take to the builder that says, you know, our agent sent us here and you are unwilling yeah. to pay our agent, then we'll bring him with us. But if if you allow us to see the home, essentially you're agreeing to right. that we can we're not giving up our right to representation by walking through the model, which essentially a lot of people give up that right unknowingly because they just don't know about this. That's a perfect point. I mean, that is exactly right. They don't know what they don't know, and mm-hmm. yeah. And listen, Ben, thank you so much for joining me. He is the former president of the National Association of Exclusive Buyer Agents and the owner of Home Buyer Representation, Inc., Benjamin Clark. Thank you so much for joining me here on Listen Up Homebuyers. Thank you. I look forward to seeing you next week at the NABA conference. Yes, I can't wait to see you in Scottsdale. You've been listening to Listen Up Homebuyers, the only podcast offering home buying advice and tips from true buyer agents. 